0: Chapter X of Mildred Keith by Martha Finley This Librivox recording is in the public domain Chapter 10. Heaven gives us friends to bless the present scene Young Oh Roddy Jane, Roddy Jane, I say just come and look Look at what, Amory, you're always making a fuss about nothing, returned Miss Lightcap, scornfully, but nevertheless, stepping very promptly, plate and dishcloth in hand, to the front door whence the hasty summons had come ain't nothing this time and Miranda went on they are a goin' to sunday school them keith girls and just see how they're dressed up do you ever see anything so fine chorused minerva such lovely dresses and black silk aprons with colored lace on to em oh my i wish i had one like em maybe you shall some of these days when your pup gets rich said her mother who was gazing from the window but the bonnets is what takes me did you notice em rhoda jane they're gimp with blue ribbons and blue flowers and the white and red in their faces makes em powerful becoming remarked gotobed standing just outside but he turned his head the other way shamefacedly as mildred looking sweet and fair in white muslin and pink ribbons followed her younger sisters into the street and sent a casual glance in his direction don't she think she's some said rhoda jane enviously "'And so she is. She looks like a posy,' said so Go to Bed. "'Is that the grandmother, the old lady walking with Mr. Keith?' "'No. Viney Apple says she's Mrs. Keith's aunt. Talks in the funniest way sometimes. Gets things hind part before, telling her to make up the floors and sweep the beds and the like.' "'There, they're all at a sight. I guess the mother's staying at a home with the baby. Viney said she wasn't a-goin' to, and I suppose she's upstairs primpin.' "'And that's what you ought to be doing for long if you're goin' to meet road, Jane.' "'observed Mrs. Lightcap, drawing into her head. "'Hurry up now with them dishes, "'and you children walk right here "'and hunt up your Sunday things, "'and wash your hands and faces and comb your hair. "'It'll be meetin' time, for we know it.' "'A narrow footpath, bordered on each side "'by grass still wet with dew, "'led past the grove of saplings "'to the little church whither the keiths were bound. "'Mildred, lifting her white skirts daintily, "'and warning her sisters and brothers of the danger of wet and soiled shoes, "'should they step aside from the beaten track,' picked her way with careful steps, rejoicing in the fact that the distance was not great. The church membership was as yet very small, Sabbath school ditto. The newly arrived family made an important addition to the ranks of both teachers and scholars. Two Bible classes were organized this morning and given, respectively, into the charge of Mr. Keith and Miss Stanhope, Rupert becoming a member of his father's, Mildred of Aunt Wealthy's. There were but two others in this latter class— claudina shetwood and lucilla grange both intelligent ladylike refined girls who made an agreeable impression upon miss stanhope and mildred also and this was mutual the morning service followed immediately upon the close of sabbath-school the sermon was excellent the singing though not artistic and somewhat interrupted by the necessity of lining up the hymn on account of the scarcity of books earnest and spirited the people singing apparently with the understanding in the heart also the prayer was fervent, and the behaviour of the congregation throughout the whole service was quiet and devotional. Most of them were town folk, but a few families had come in from the surrounding country. There was little display of fashion or style in dress, no one was expensively attired. Most of the women and girls wore calico, but all were neat, some really tasteful, and in an intellect and moral worth the majority of faces would have compared favourably with an equal number in the older states people lingered after church for mutual introductions and the exchange of friendly remarks and inquiries the keiths were warmly welcomed assured of intentions to call hopes expressed that they would like the place feel quite at home in the church and be sociable the country people adding come out and see us whenever you can Squire chatwood and mr keith who had made acquaintance during the preceding week now introduced their families each with very excusable fatherly pride in the good looks and good manners of his offspring the young Chetwards were nearly as numerous, as handsome, and intelligent as the Keiths. "'I hope we shall be good friends,' said Claudina, as she and Mildred walked away together. "'Mother was not out to-day because of a headache, but she and I are coming to see your mother and you this week.' "'We should be pleased to see you,' Mildred answered heartily, "'And I am very glad to accept your offer of friendship.' They parted at Mr. Keith's door, mutually pleased, and Mildred carried a brighter face into the house than she had worn for weeks.' Her mother remarked upon it with delight. "'Yes, mother,' she responded gaily. "'I begin to feel a little happier about living here, now that I find we are to have good preaching, Sunday school, with an excellent and competent teacher for my share,' glancing archly at Aunt Wealthy's kindly, sensible face. "'And pleasant friends,' going on to give a flattering description of the Chetwoods, particularly Claudina. "'I hope she will prove a valuable friend and a very great comfort to you, daughter,' said Mrs. Keith. You need young companionship, and I'm very glad to know that it will be provided. The little girls had been upstairs putting away their best bonnets. Where's Viney? asked Zillah, running back into the sitting-room where the older people still were. She went out, telling me that she wouldn't be back till bedtime, replied their mother. Leaving us to do our own work? cried Mildred. Oh, mother, what made you let her? Let her, my child. She did not ask my permission, laughed Mrs. Keith but indeed i think we're quite as well off without her for to-day as we do no cooking on sunday before another week had passed mildred was ready to subscribe to the opinion that they were as well without her altogether she having proved herself utterly inefficient slow and slovenly about her work unwilling to be directed impertinent bold and forward there was not a day when Mildred's indignation did not rise to fever-heat in view of the many and aggravated sins of omission and commission on the part of their help, yet it seldom found vent in words. She was striving with determined purpose to rule her own spirit, and asking daily and hourly for the strength for the conflict from him who has said, In me is thine help. My strength is made perfect in weakness. The example set by her mother and aunt was also most helpful— they were both cheerful, patient, sunny-tempered women, never a word of fretfulness or complaint from the lips of either. Aunt Wealthy calm and serene as an unclouded summer day, Mrs. Keith often bringing to her aid a strong sense of the ludicrous, turning her vexations into occasions for jesting and mirth. Mildred knew that they were trials nevertheless, and her love and admiration, and her resolve to show herself worthy to be the daughter of such a mother, grew apace. To the affectionate heart of the unselfish girl there seemed no greater trial than seeing this dear mother overburdened with care and toil, but try as she might to take all the burdens on her young shoulders, it was utterly impossible, and while the conviction that to see her impatient and unhappy would add to her mother's troubles helped her to maintain her self-control, the reflection that Viney's shortcomings added largely to those trials made it tenfold more difficult to bear with them. So also, with the little tempers, untidiness, and mischievous pranks of her younger brothers and sisters— Home, even a happy home, is often a hard-fought battlefield, and who shall say that there is not sometimes more true courage displayed there than in another kind of conflict, amid the roar of cannon and clash of arms, where earthly glory and renown are to be won? The Chetwoods and Granges, and several others of the same standing in society, called that week. Also Mr. Lord, the minister, brought his old mother, who kept house for him, he being a bachelor. When Viney happened to be the one to admit callers, she seemed to think it incumbent upon her to take a seat in the parlor with them, and exert herself for their entertainment. Mildred speedily undertook to disabuse her of this impression, but the girl hotly informed her that she had as good a right in the parlor as anybody else. "'But I wouldn't go in to visit it with anybody that didn't come to see me,' said Mildred, with a determined effort to keep down her rising anger. "'Well, I guess they're about as likely to see me as any of the rest, and if they don't they ought to. So there!' "'But you have your work to attend to. "'The work can wait, and the rest of you's got plenty to do, too.' "'The only remedy was to keep Viney busy in the kitchen "'while some of the family watched the doors into the streets and admitted visitors. "'Even this stratagem sometimes failed, "'and they could only console themselves that the visitors understood the situation. "'Ain't you going to call on the keys?' "'asked go-to-bed light-cap at the dinner-table one day about the middle of the week.' "'Who, me?' queried his mother, then pushing away her empty plate and resting her elbow on the table her chin in her hand, while well, she looked reflectively off into vacancy. "'Well, I suppose a body ought to be neighborly, and I'm as willing to do my part as the next one, but there's always a sight of work to do at home. "'And then I feel kinder backward about callin' on em They live so fine, you know. "'Viny Apple says they use real silver spoons and eat off real chiny every day, and that's more'n we can do when we have company.' "'Well, old woman, I guess the victuals don't taste no better for being it off them things,' responded her husband, cheerfully, passing his empty cup. "'Maybe. And they don't have no tea nor coffee for dinner,' Viney says. "'I think it's real stingy.' "'Perhaps they don't want it,' remarked Bed. "'Don't you believe no such thing?' exclaimed Rhoda Jane scornfully. "'Tain't fashionable, and they'd rather be fashionable than comfortable. Viney says they're awful stuck up. Wouldn't let her come to the table or into the parlor if they could help themselves.' "'But I don't care. I'm not afeard on em if mother is, and I'm going over there this afternoon, "'if it's only to let him see that I feel myself as good as they be any day. "'And I'll tell him so, too, if they don't treat me right.' "'Pshaw, Rhoda Jane, how you talk,' said her mother. "'Well, I'm spunky mother, that's a fact, and I ain't a bit ashamed of it another.' "'Don't you go if you can't behave yourself,' said Go to bed, leaving the table in the room mrs keith had gathered her children about her in the parlour it being the shadiest and coolest apartment in the house in the afternoon she herself aunt wealthy and the little girls were sewing while rupert kept the little boys quiet and interested with the making of a kite and mildred read aloud from mrs sherwood's *Roxabel*. mildred had a clear sweet-toned voice enunciated distinctly and read with feeling and expression so that it was a pleasure to listen to her Rupert, Zilla, and Ada were also good readers, and would take their turns as such, for this was no new thing but one of Mother's ways of educating her children, and turning them to a love of literature. While many another thing had been left behind in Ohio, they had brought all their books with them. Poetry, histories, biographies, books of travel, religious and scientific works, juvenile story-books, and a few novels, all of the best class, were to be found among their treasured stories, reveled in by young and old. Mr. Keith had his volumes of legal lore, too, but with these the other members of the family seldom, if ever, cared to interfere. Mrs. Sherwood was a favourite author with the young people. They were reading Roxabel for the first time, and had reached a most exciting part, the scene where the little dog had led Sophie Beauchamp into the room where this invalid and much-abused mistress lay, chained by disease to a wretched bed, when Mrs. Lightcap and Rhoda Jane appeared in the open doorway. They were dressed with the utmost simplicity, gowns, aprons, and sunbonnets of calico, made without regard to fashion, no colors or cuffs, hands bare and brown, faces sunburnt, the mothers stolid, the girls sufficiently sharp but lacking education and refinement. It was far from being a welcome interruption. Mildred closed her book with a half-suppressed sigh, the little girls exchanged glances of vexation and disappointment. Rupert, too, scowled and uttered an exclamation of impatience half under his breath. But Mrs. Keith and Miss Stanhope rose smilingly, gave the visitors a cordial greeting, asked them to be seated, and entered into conversation. "'It's powerful warm,' remarked Mrs. Lightcap, accepting the offered chair, and wiping the perspiration from her heated face with the corner of her apron. "'Yes, it has been an unusually warm day,' responded Miss Stanhope, handing a fan, while Mrs. Keith asked if they would not take off their bonnets. "'Well, ma'am, I don't care if I do,' returned Mrs. Lightcap. "'pulling hers off and laying it on her lap, Rhoda Jane doing likewise. "'Let me lay them on the table,' Mildred said, recovering her politeness. "'No, thank you. Tain't worth while for the few minutes we're going to set. "'There's no ways hefty. "'Our name's Light Lightcap. This here's my daughter Rhoda Jane. "'And she says to me, Mother, says she, "'we ought to be sociable with them new neighbours of Arn. "'Let's go over and see a bit. "'No, now, what am I talking about? twa to her another was Goat that spoke of it at first. "'But my gal here was more'n willing to come.' "'Yes, we always try to be neighborly,' assented the girl. "'How do you like pleasant plains, ladies?' "'It seems a pleasant town, and we find very pleasant people in it,' was Mrs. Keith's smiling rejoinder. "'That's the talk,' exclaimed Miss Lightcap, laughing. "'You'll do, Miss Keith.' "'Come in so late you won't be able to raise no garden sass this year,' remarked the mother, then went on to give a detailed account of what they had planted, what was growing well and what was not, with an occasional digression to her husband, her cooking and housework the occasional attacks of anger that interfered with her plans, and so on and on and on, her daughter managing to slip in a word or two now and then. At length they rose to go. "'How's Viney?' queried Rhoda Jane, addressing Mildred. "'Quite well, I believe,' replied Mildred, in a freezing tone, and drawing herself up with dignity. "Tell her to come to see her, too,' laughed the girl as she stepped from the door. "'Good-bye. Hope you won't be ceremonious, but run in sociable any time of day.' End of chapter 10